there's authority that's there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul says, as I'm following Jesus, you can follow me. Right. And so that there are people who are following us as we're following Jesus. Yeah. Or we're following something different than mm-hmm. Jesus. And so if we're not teaching and we're not, you know, following Jesus, we're leading people down the wrong path. Yeah. And so for me, I just like that. There's like an image in my head of the trail of people who I've had the opportunity to have influence with over the years that we've all had opportunities to influence and share and to know, um, I hope that I've been teaching them the right things. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that I've been following Jesus as they're following me. Hey y'all, we are back with another episode of the Movement Podcast. And I just want to stop and thank you all for listening in and encouraging us in this. Uh, If this is your first time listening, the purpose of this podcast is to aid in what we're talking about as a church through the book of James. Uh, Only so much can be said on Sundays. And so we just want to keep the conversation going because as a disciple of Jesus... Uh, what that means is that we want to embody the life Jesus lived empowered by the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that's critical for that is reading the scriptures together and then helping one another obey it. And so as we've been walking through this book of James the last few weeks, and as we continue for the next couple of weeks, this is what this podcast is serving as, as a place for us to do just that. Now, if you haven't heard Pastor Kevin's sermon from this past week, definitely go check that out at crosspoint.tv forward slash watch now. But today our online pastor, Paul Cavetter and our content coordinator, Becca Morgan and myself, are we're going to be having a conversation around all things James 3. All right. Well, welcome back. Here we are. James chapter three. How are you hey, guys doing? Hey, doing good, man. Doing Great. good. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting ready to dive awesome. in. This is a, this is an awesome chapter. Whew. A lot of practical stuff. A lot of practical stuff. Kevin, Kevin teed us up well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've been thinking so much about that. Everything that comes out of my mouth the last few days, I'm like, thank you, yep. Pastor Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Kicking my butt all week. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? Give an account for real. every word. I cool, know. cool, cool, cool. Shut my mouth, please. <laughs> well, let's jump in. I, I love... Um, I love this text. There's there's a lot of categories that we could grab a hold of, but um, let's start with just the first uh, verse, chapter three, verse one. It says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So let's mm. talk about that, teachers, mm. and greater judgment. Um, and I don't know, 2022, with all the vehicles that are out there, does this still apply? And if so, how and to whom? Yeah. It's a great yeah, question. I, th- I, th- I think you try the the weightiness of being a teacher, you know, yeah. to, to take in what you know and passing that on to other people and the importance of being careful with what those things are that you're passing along. You yeah. Know? Like, what are you giving to other people? And uh, and, you know, we, we were talking that social media is real easy for anybody to be a teacher these days. Right. Yeah. Anybody you can consume content. And there's a lot of people teaching you stuff and you got to be careful who you're allowing to teach you. Um, and so, but there should be a weightiness when you teach, mm. when you give what you have to other people, Yeah, you pass it on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just think about like there, like you said, Josh, there's so many vehicles out there, whether it's what we're doing right now. Mm, I know. I think of the <laughs> irony of what wow. we're doing right now on this podcast. Be there's, careful what you say. Right. <laughs> or even heavy. just like, even if you don't have like a platform, so to speak, it's like, if you share stuff on social media at all, like there, you have some kind of influence in someone's life. And yeah. so, like you said, I think it, it's just a very sobering thing to let sink in deep before you put yourself in a position to 
share about God with authority, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's so convenient to be like, oh, share this post or retweet this or whatever the case is without any thought. It's like, oh, yeah, that kind of hit. Let me just share that and send it out. Well, that's teaching in some ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's dangerous Mm -hmm. Um, if there's no real reflection on uh, what is actually being said? How does this fit into the bigger picture of what scripture says about who God is and what he's doing in the world? And how does this relate to the gospel? You know, and I mean, it's, um, it is weighty. Now, uh, why I'm, I'm curious, what do you think the connection is between teaching though and greater judgment? Like why are teachers subject mm-hmm. to a greater judgment? Yeah, I, th- I mean, as I was preparing for this, what came to mind was Matthew 18, where Jesus is talking about the disciples are like, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? And he talks about how you need to be childlike. And then he's like, if any one of you causes one of my children to stumble, it would wow. be better for you to be thrown into the sea. Right. Um, ish. And so <laughs> um, I think it's the other people's eternity is at stake with the things that you say. Yeah. And so if you say something or even act in a certain way that would cause somebody to stumble, it's not just you and your theology that's at stake. It's somebody else's as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that mega judgment or greater judgment there. I mean, I think for sure one thing that stands out is that there, I mean, there is a reality from scripture that there is a judgment. Mm. Hebrews 9, 27 says for everybody is appointed one life and after that comes judgment. So that in and of itself is sobering. (laughs) Um, There's a reality to that. But yeah, for teachers, then if, if, um, you know, you're in a place where you're speaking about God or speaking of things about, you know, what's true or what's real in the world there's a sobriety that comes with that reality. And yeah, that's, I, I, I just, this kind of just came to my head was the, um, you know, there's authority that's there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul says, as I'm following Jesus, you can follow me. Right. And so that there are people who are following us as we're following Jesus Yeah. or we're following something different than mm-hmm. Jesus. And so if we're not teaching and we're not, you know, following Jesus, we're leading people down the wrong path. Yeah. And so f- for me, I just like that. There's like an image in my head of the trail of people who I've had the opportunity to have influence with over the years that we've all had opportunities to influence and share and to know, um, I hope that I've been teaching them the right things. Yeah. yeah. I hope that I've been following Jesus as they're following me and, um, and I'm not leading them in other directions. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's, there's the authority there that, um, there's, somebody in our lives we're all being taught by someone yeah and we're all teaching someone yeah Yeah. um that paul and timothy kind of mentality there's always there's somebody looking at us and checking our theology checking our our practice checking our hearts you know i like that too because it's like it's easy to read that and be like oh well i'm not a pastor or preacher so like (laughs) that doesn't really apply to me but like you said it's it's literally if you're leading in any capacity that you should feel the weight of that responsibility. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Right. Responsibility and the weight of that. That's 
you know, I think there's a temptation to shy away from that. Oh, cool. I'm not going to say anything. Right. Well, that's not okay yeah. either. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's just for yeah. that dude on stage, you know. And I think in yeah. the church, sometimes we we highlight the teaching gift yeah. as the mega gift. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the one that we hand the mic to, you know. But yeah. there's so many other gifts that are so valuable yeah. um, in the kingdom, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so for us to, um, you know, elevate the teaching gift. What do you guys think about that? Why do we do that in the church? Why do, why do you think that... You know, that feels like the focus a lot of times is just on the teaching. Hmm. It's a great question. Um, you know, there's probably something to the reality that our culture is downstream from uh, Greeks through the Enlightenment, etc. And so there's this idea that um, knowledge or content is king <laughs> is what you hear these yeah, days. That's right. And so um, I think there is a temptation to elevate that over and against a more embodied expression of uh, discipleship of the gospel. And yeah. so um, one of the cool things about the New Testament is, and James hits on it in some capacity, but it's even more clear in some other places about just how gifts of hospitality and gifts of service and gifts of mercy and gifts, uh, you know, all these different gifts um bring a fullness to who Christ is and then how he uh, displays himself through his church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And teaching's important in that. It really is because um, what you believe matters yeah. and how you live, how you live is downstream from what you believe. Yeah. So teaching does matter, but um, I'm with you. I think yeah. there's a temptation to elevate. How does this person say this? And can you twist it up and say these little yeah. like, cute phrases or whatever yeah. it's like oh man that dude's a, or that girl's a great you know speaker and and then we just leave it at that yeah right and james say not many of you should want that gift right, right. because it's a big deal yeah. like you should aspire to whatever god's called you and gifted you in do that yeah. right. just as much as the teaching gift somebody who prepares to teach you know if it's hospitality i love that you know it's that you would prepare to serve people well and love people well like there would be yeah. that much preparation that would go in right I think that's why it's important what what Pastor Kevin, the story that he shared on Sunday about his call to ministry, that person in his life being like, make make sure it's a call, go do something else if yeah. it's not, because <laughs> yeah. there is that yeah, way to way. it. And the flip side of that, there's a flip side to that. Spurgeon said, if God's called you to be a pastor, don't stoop to be a king. Mm-hmm. And so the flip side of that too is like, don't run from that call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm saying like, it's not a, it's not okay to run from the weight of responsibility right. either. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the gift of this is like this. The reality is, is Jesus is the only one who's done this perfectly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he, James goes on to say, look, we all stumble in many ways. Like, yeah. you know? That's right. And if nobody stumbles in what they say, then they're perfect. I, I mean, I'm, we talked about this last yeah. week a little bit, but it's like, I feel like he always has in his mind his brother Jesus. You're like right. that man actually never stumbled in his words. He yeah. was perfect. He yeah, was. I know. I saw it. I saw it. It annoyed me. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, but the truth of that is, is there? Um, Jesus is the only one who has been perfect in this, and who is perfect in this. So, what are some scenarios where you've felt in your own life, or that you've seen in others? What are some scenarios where taming the tongue has been really difficult? How's it? Why is it so hard to tame the tongue? Mm. I mean, the, I think the easy thing to pick on and really the thing that I've felt the most conviction about personally is just gossip. It's mm. the, the weight of what you say about other people. And I think, yeah, like I said, personally, Josh, you always talk about how it's the most, one of the most tolerated sins. And 
I think that's really stuck with me. Like, it's so easy to be like, well, I'm just venting or I'm just, I just got to get it off my chest or. I'd say it if they were here. It. I'd say it to them yeah, if they were here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you like disguise it some way in order to justify what you're saying. And it's like, really, you're just speaking poorly about this person or not offering a solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that's been a personal thing yeah. I've been convicted of. What, what do you think is a healthy way to deal with those kind of things? Like when somebody has wronged you, somebody has done done wrong, somebody's doing wrong, mm. you know, and it not be gossip. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I've put some boundaries into my life where I just have people that hold me accountable to those things where if if I truly need to talk about something, there are people that I know are not going to fuel the fire of gossip by just being like, oh yeah, you're right. That person is so bad because of this. But to actually be like, well, have you thought about it from their perspective or this angle and just someone to be like, hey, I just got to tell you because it just came out. I just messed up. And then to have to share with somebody else what you've done even this can apply in all types right. of sin situations um but to have to confess that to someone else is going to make you think twice about it next time yeah. you know for sure what about y'all yeah I, I i think a piece of that's um you know having somebody that you can share your struggles with or share relationship things with yeah. but they're a trusted person there's probably maybe one of those people in your life you know it shouldn't be 20 of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's for me is, you know, to have a few of those people that I can, I can share things with because I know that they're going to come back to me and tell me, uh, how are you going to fix that? Yeah. Like they're not going to just let me sit and stew and talking trash about somebody. Right. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to be like, okay, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but like, how are you going to resolve this? Yeah. That they're, they're solution oriented people. And I hope that I can be that for, you know, the, the few that I have in my life, you know, that, yeah. that whenever I, um, you know, somebody sharing things that are going on in their life with somebody else that, um, that I can tell them, Hey, have you had a conversation with them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you're frustrated. It feels like you should have talked to them. Yeah. Like yeah. talking to me is fine and I can help you have that conversation, yeah. but let's, uh, and it's easier said than done to, mm-hmm. to move into that kind of a, uh, a role in someone's life, but yeah. we've got to, we've got to get there. Like yeah. if, if that's unity, if health, if love is our, our main mission, um, you know, gossip is something that can hurt mm-hmm. love. Oh yeah. It'll erode trust. And yeah. Uh, I remember hearing a pastor a long time ago say something like it's, and he was using the illustration, uh, uh, I think with lust, but you could, uh, you could apply it with gossip or anything else. He's it's really hard to gossip or whatever about someone that you take before the throne of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're praying for someone, um, that, that, that clicks something in my mind of saying, okay, I really want to say something about this person or I really, whatever the case is, um, or, and then pray for that person and then pray for our relationship. Yeah. It seems to give you like a, that space of tempering mm-hmm. the action. Um, and it, it applies first Thessalonians five says, be joyful, always pray continuously and give thanks in all circumstances. And so this is an opportunity to live out those, those Mm. texts as well. But I love what you're saying because there's all kind of like little practical aspects of saying, 
what's forming us and if the formation is, okay, when I feel something or I see something and I want to say something, then I do it, then that's forming me to be the kind of person that's gossiping. Mm -hmm. So then what does that look like to put that off, right? And to Becca's point, to repent, to believe the gospel that God gives new grace, gives a renewed heart in this. Mm -hmm. And so now what's the putting on? What's the opposite of that? Oh, yeah. And what you're talking about is crucial. Instead of just disparaging this person or talking about this person. It's not your, it's not our news to tell. It's not right. my story to tell. Mm. Then there's some pra different practices you can put on that, whether it's speaking good about somebody behind yeah. their back yeah. or like mama would say, you know, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing <laughs> right. good at all. You know, don't yeah, say something at all. It. You know? That's it. These are just, uh, you're putting off this, uh, and through the repentance and the faith aspect, receiving that forgiveness and then putting on the life of Christ in this area. Uh, and that's that's just discipleship 101. Yeah. That's just growing in the faith. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, yeah, I think some of that, too, is that when you're talking about taming the tongue, I, you know, I think about the relationships in my life. I think about my kids in particular. You know, I, I am... I'm so quick sometimes to jump to a solution for them when they're going to their problems or quick to uh, uh, correct them mm -hmm. and um, maybe overdo that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that, that's probably a light word of doing it. Um, but I, I think that's something that as I'm, I'm reading through this passage and thinking about, you know, my, the relationships I have that with my kids that uh, for me to be slow and not quick to give an answer, um, is, has been really hard for me. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And so there's been so many times where I've had to apologize to my kids mm. because I've been too quick. Mm. I've been way too quick. Didn't hear them out. Didn't let them share their side. I already knew what happened yeah. and I was quick to, to throw a, you know, a correction at them. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that for me, it's been really, that's been really tough. Yeah. So I wonder, like, do you, you guys have kids, you know, it's like, your yours is little, so you, maybe you, you don't have to do that yet. He's but, a toddler. Um, I definitely. But I know, me and Josh myself. both have teenagers. You know, we have we have. Uh, he has an adult kid. So, yeah. um, hey oh, hey oh. Um, but I, but I think for those parents that are listening out there, what how do you? What are some things that you hope to have, and what are some things that you some tools that you've had to be, um, you know, to tame your tongue with your kids? Yeah, um, I'm. I mean, for me personally, this is this is an ongoing thing. I'm like you. I mean, I've, yeah. there's been too many times I've been, what's the opposite of quick, slow, slow. I've been quick to speak, <laughs> slow to listen and right. quick to anger. Yep, yep. And my kids are like, yes, he's telling the truth. You know? mm -hmm. um, but, I, but I don't like it and I don't want it, you know, uh, and I'm thankful for conviction in those times yeah. because I, but I don't always want to be the guy that like, instead of changing and growing in that area to be like, well, I'm just always clean up on aisle four. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess like, well, then it's like, what's true, dad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I want to clean up on aisle four, but mm. I also want to kind of be the kind of dad that doesn't keep doing that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Jason, Jason's helped me with this, but just like really listening to their heart and thinking like, okay, why did you do this? And then stopping and listening. Yeah. Um, because I am, and I'm like, oh, I know why you did it. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I did it too. <laughs> yep. No. So just creating that space and letting them talk and then waiting. Because mm. even when they're, sometimes I can tell they're processing or they're maybe balancing out that, do I really want to say this kind of thought yeah. process? Just giving them that space instead yeah. of filling the dead space. Yeah. yeah. 
um, it's really easy to fill the dead space. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think it's it, it's growing trust with my kids that they can come to me with anything. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's the part that I want so bad is that I want my kids to be able to come and tell me anything yeah. Yeah. and know that I'm not just going to bite their head off when they screw up, yeah. you know, yeah. that they know that I'm a safe place, that they can come and share, you know, whatever they're going through. And sure, it may be, may be really tough for me to hear, but I get to be a trusted uh, advisor in their life yeah. because I'm slow to anger and I'm slow to speak and I'm quick to listen. And um, I'd, I'd want that so bad. Mm-hmm. I want that so bad. Yeah, yeah, it's cool too because you guys are modeling then for them how how to tame their tongue as well and when to repent when you mess up. And I think for for me, like I said, I have a toddler, and so it's the temptation for me is more of the he's throwing a tantrum and it doesn't make sense because he's illogical because he's one. Um, <laughs> but to be like, oh my gosh, you're being a brat or. Like just like almost like those identity forming words that just have the ability to, if you speak them enough to form, to help form that identity. And so I think my prayer recently is just, Lord, like help me to not incidentally say words that will form an identity that's not in line with your identity yeah. for him, you know, Um because it is in the heat of the moment really easy just to be like, you're being a little stinker. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Even when they're being a little stinker. <laughs> right. Even when it's true, uh, I just, I want to be able to correct his behavior without, um, yeah, putting just something on him that's not true. Yeah. What about this? What about when you're in public and you hear someone else maybe disparaging someone else? What's a way to like, because the temptation is you get drawn into that. Yeah. Or you just like, just walk away. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are some ways to to handle those situations? Because that happens a lot. It does. Yeah. You're right. right. And I think the, you know, the natural way, the natural thing in me wants to like invite me into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want yeah. to get into that. Or to I, know yeah, I think what they're I, talking about. Everybody yeah. has that like natural like thing in them to be in the know yeah. mm-hmm. and to know what's going mm-hmm. on and to be yeah. like a fly on the wall and hear the stories and hear the mm-hmm. things and hear the, hear the dirt. Um, but I think the, you know, the, the person that's guided by the spirit, you know, when I'm, <laughs> I can just leave room. I don't need to know the whole story, you know, yeah. like that's, that's the best of me is whenever I'm like, okay, I, I know there's something going on. I'm going to fill that gap with what, what I know is true and not make up stories and not try to like be in the middle of that, yeah. uh, that mess, you know, uh, because it's really easy to like want to be in the middle of the mess. Yeah. 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 Similar to that. It's like, just, there's like this nuanced, like not engaging the conversation that can happen in a way that doesn't make the person that's saying something feel bad and doesn't make it awkward. But it's like when I've been on the other side and I've been the one that's like trying to bring someone into that conversation and they don't engage me, it's almost like a check in my own spirit that's like, hey, change the change the topic of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I feel that's like good. you can be that for other people. And then similar to what PK said a little while ago, I think if you have the relationship with someone, then pulling them aside later and being like, Hey man, Hey, that maybe wasn't like the best thing to say. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we, we would all want those people in our lives to be able to call that out in us. So mm-hmm. if we can be that for somebody else, 
or just helping them be more Christ-like. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I remember this story. This, there's all kind of ways I think this would apply of just taming the tongue. I mean, it's interesting they use the word tame. That mm. he uses. So I think about like a, a lion being tamed or, you know, he uses other examples, but it's like, it's almost like this tongue, your tongue is like something that's just poised to break out and just ruin all kinds of, a world of unrighteousness, a, a, a fire, you know? Yeah. yeah. So there's like, you don't think about your tongue in that capacity. And James is like, you should. It's a restless, untamed, it's like something that's just like caged up, ready to be unleashed, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about um, this guy named Dallas Willard. He was a professor, author, and uh, he was, there was a student who challenged him one day in class and just like came at him with bad arguments, basically. And, uh, and Dallas, when he was done, Dallas was just like, okay, you're dismissed for the day. And some of his students were like, what? Which, I mean, I'm sure like you and I would probably, I know I would be like, well, why right, do you just fight, destroy fight, this guy? Yeah, right. You know, like, <laughs> and so somebody went up to him and asked him, they were like, you could have destroyed him. Why didn't you? He goes, yeah, that's because I've been practicing recently the, uh, the discipline of not having to have the last word. <laughs> I remember reading that story. It's like, you can do that. Like that's a that's yeah. a thing. <laughs> you don't wow. have to have all the answers. And you don't have so to resolve it. Control. Oh my word! It, but that's I think that's the point of this passage right there. If you think about it, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. Against you don't have to clean up anything when that is the fruit that's being born in your life. And so if the fruit of the, how does the fruit of the spirit come? If it comes through being born again to a living hope of Christ, through repentance and faith, and this becomes like, okay, Lord, I'm trusting that this is the kind of stuff you're doing in me. I want to partner with him. In yeah. And so if, if for Dallas, so that's practicing the discipline of not having to have the last word, then maybe I need to figure out how to practice that. Too. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. That's right. Dallas, man. Oh. <laughs> well, he ends this chapter with uh, two kinds of wisdom. And I just want to read this because there's some shocking language that he uses here. But in verses 13 to 18, he says in chapter three, who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. All right, cool, cool. Strong okay. language. Right? All right. For where jealousy, here it is again, and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Conjunction. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So, Let's talk about these two kinds of wisdoms here that he's comparing and contrasting. What what jumps out to you guys in that? And how does this apply? Because it's powerful. It is. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think about the the audience of who he's talking to. You know, these are scattered believers and they're in new communities. They're trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to gain influence. They're trying to reach more people. And, and I think James is really saying there's really two ways Mm -hmm. to gain influence. There's really two ways to make it in this community. There's really two ways to stand out. You can either do it 
in a way that the world doesn't. You know, there's a natural way, there's a natural order, and that's mm-hmm. through manipulation. That's through making other people look less than you. Mm-hmm. That's through pushing other people aside. That's that's through making yourself look really great. Put yourself on the throne. Yeah. That's how the world gets influence, mm-hmm. right? That's how the world gains the the followers and the and the money and the power and all those things. And then he says, There's another way. That's a way that's led by the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's a way of serving people and loving people. Yeah. And putting other people first mm. and letting other people have the last word, mm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like letting other people be um, above you and you serving them. Yeah. And so I, I think he's he's saying to these these Christians who are scattered, hey, don't follow the ways of the world. Follow the ways of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and there's like a root to the two different kinds of wisdom. He mm. says the root of the worldly wisdom is envy and selfish ambition. So it's like that doesn't feel right <laughs> uh and then is that the fruit of the spirit right You're like, oh, a spirit it's a fruit of a spirit yeah. demonic, demonic. <laughs> yeah. oh man wow yeah so it's like almost like a challenge to be like what are you going to let drive the decisions that you make because like if you think about what is like actual what is wisdom it's like I would be curious to hear y'all's definitions, but it's like the ability to discern between right and wrong, like mm. on a, like a very baseline level. So it's like, are you going to let your own pride and selfish ambition discern what's right or wrong? That's probably going to lead you to using manipulative words mm-hmm. or whatever. And then, or are you going to let the spirit drive what helps you discern what's right and wrong? Yeah. So. And both have the, the they can get the same results. Right. Yeah. You can get the same results in this world. You can get influence it from both of those routes, mm-hmm. but it's like looking, Hey, I'm, I'm at a crossroads in my life and I can go left or I can go right. And wisdom is knowing which is the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to know like, Hey, I could go, I could go this way. I could get a whole lot of influence. I could get a whole lot of power if I go this way, but that's not the right way. Right. This is the right way. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because like, even though they can get the same results, one doesn't have to have it, mm-hmm. you know, because like faithfulness is what is mattering or a uh, harvest of righteousness sown in peace by those who make peace. Like mm-hmm. that's the, there's a greater goal than getting your way, you know, yeah. or achieving some outcome. Mm-hmm. And man, I just think about that. Like there's a, it's crazy though. He calls it wisdom because there is a way to, to, to make moves in this world. Yeah. And you can, and you and that would be considered wise oh, or shrewd. But does that honor the Lord? You know, is it is it it was it done in peace with with righteousness and peacemaking in play? I love the the progression. Yeah. Of uh, the wisdom from above, he says it's first pure. Mm-hmm. Why would that Why would that matter? That that starts this whole uh, progression. You alluded to, I think, about the, the other way that it would be first impure because of bitter jealousy and mm-hmm. selfish ambition. That's yeah. the impure of what motivation is. But then you think about how, okay, he says it's first pure. So that means the motivation is the trajectory of the heart is set on something greater. Yeah. What did you say last week about uh, pure and re- pure religion, that word pure? Does it oh, mean cathartic. cathartic? Yeah. Is that the same word you think? I think it might be. Yeah. I, 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 uh, so how cathartic would it be? You can you can get the same results. Yeah. 
but it, the pure way to get the same, those results is by loving people. Well, mm-hmm. it's by following the spirit that guides you. That's, yeah. That brings healing to people. Yeah. That there, you're not leaving. If you go the, the other way, it leaves a, a, a bunch of dead bodies. You yeah. know, people are just um, a project to get you to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. What does selfish ambition and jealousy speak to? Get in your way. Get in your yeah. way. Achieving, uh, thriving. Basically, mm. I want to be the king. Yeah. That's not cathartic. That's, That's not, not cathartic. pure. Right. <laughs> but, ah, oh, this is so good. This is like coming real time. I love this because it's like, man, if you, if you live out of a worldview that says there already is a king, Mm-hmm. You're not trying to achieve to be something. Somebody else is on the throne. And you have something to trust in. It's right. like when you're motivated by selfish ambition, the pressure is all on you. It's all on you. So it's like you have to use your words to manipulate. Or like it's like in the we talked about these Christians are being persecuted. And so it's like he talks about don't try and gain favor with the wealthy people in town because you're not trusting God to actually open the doors for you. You're trying to do it yourself. Right. It, it's like all of these things are getting to that point the same way you use your words. It's like the the purity isn't the fact that you're you're trusting something higher than yourself to help you achieve the things that God's called you to. So it's like if he's called you to to go and spread the gospel despite being persecuted, then he's going to open the doors that you need him to open. Yeah. You don't have to kick them in. Right. You don't yeah. have to kick the doors in. Yeah. yeah. He's going to lovingly open the right doors right. for you. And I think that's what James is trying to get these people to see. Like, yeah, let's trust, trust him. He's going to open that door for you. Yeah. You don't have to kick it in. You don't have to do the work. Tame your tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Just be faithful to the Lord. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Essentially. That's it. The faithfulness is easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> piece of cake well i i, I want to land here um but kevin made this connection uh jesus says in matthew i believe 15 it says out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks mm-hmm. so what are some tangible ways this week or the next couple of days that you and i and anybody listening to this can really assess their words through their heart or assess their heart through their words. Maybe that's a better way. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do we tangibly assess our words um, and then take it deeper to our hearts? Just makes me think of Psalm 139 where David says, Lord, search my heart and know me. I think that's a, if, if you're being really honest with yourself, that can be a scary prayer to pray, but I think a very valuable prayer to pray. Yeah. Um, inviting the Holy Spirit to help you see the gaps and then asking the people around you. I think Lad, my husband, would definitely be the best person to tell me what the what my heart looks like based on my words because mm-hmm. he sees the rawest version of me. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think for me, the the, the illustration he uses about the the bit in the horse's mouth. Mm. And I think that, um, a, a piece of that, the bit for, for me is that, uh, I need to do a better job of accounting for all my words mm. that every day I would sit down and do an analysis of, mm. cause sometimes I can just shoot words like a machine gun, yeah. you know, yeah. spraying them all over the place and not, um, not taking an account for each of those words. Mm. And when I'm in a meeting, when I'm talking to my kids, when I'm talking to a neighbor, when I'm at a, you know, <laughs> at a sporting event, you know, if yeah. I'm, you know, in all the areas of my life that I go into, uh, when I'm at the grocery store, all of those things to take an account for every word mm. that I say, and it not just be, you know, just without 
the bit. Yeah. If I'm just a wild horse, <laughs> you know, doing whatever I feel like I need to do that I need to, I need to add more of that into my life where I, I do get the spreadsheet out and take an account for my words, so to speak. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's yeah. great. You just saying sporting event, just an idea popped in my mind. I need to take a towel to the next sporting event I go to and put it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably going to be my uh, application of <laughs> this day. Bit. Can't say anything. That's right. my bit. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Coach, bit. coach, coach. Yeah. Coach Zach. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all. So thank you all. I love this. I love just being able to sit down and do this. Mm -hmm. This was awesome. So fun. Yeah. I, I hope more people are doing this. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hope more people are inviting people into their life and just cracking open the Bible and just reading. Yeah. yeah. And together. Talking together and sharing experiences, sharing life, sharing what you know sharing what you've seen God do. Yeah. Yeah. It just builds my faith. It just builds my faith. Yeah. Yeah, Lord help us. That's awesome. All right, well, thank you for listening. We will be dropping a new episode every Thursday about the previous Sunday's message on the Movement Podcast. Please remember to take the survey at crosspoint.tv forward slash podcast survey for a chance to be entered into a drawing where we'll be giving away three $50 Amazon gift cards. And the purpose of this is for you to just help us out uh, with how we've done on this podcast and what's been helpful, what's been not, and that will help inform future podcasts here at Crosspoint. Also, follow along with the reading plan at crosspoint.tv forward slash movement and follow us on social media at crosspoint.tv on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next week, don't miss out on the conversation we're going to have about James chapter four because it's going to get rowdy.